from Los Angeles, California. This is the Rider Strike Chronicles podcast, and I'm Tanya Barnes. Hello, everybody. Today is Sunday, January 13th, 2008, day 70 of the Rider Strike. In today's episode, we talk to Matt Harowitz at the picket line in front of NBC Studios. Now, this time when I say we, I don't mean me as in the royal we, 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 French we, free to be you and me we. I mean we as in my newest friend, Bill Funt, whom I interviewed earlier that week, actually a few days before, at CBS Radford Studios. Now here's the story. I nearly had to twist people's arms that day to get somebody to step up to the mic. The strike captain pointed me to Bill Funt, and so I went after him like a fucking Jack Terrier, and I would not leave him alone. Bill tried to back off a few times, but I insisted. So we did a recording, and it sucked because Bill, like most people, including myself, are much more relaxed and more themselves, and dare I say, more candid when the camera or mic is off. Now, Bill ought to know this. His dad is the legendary Alan Funt of Candid Camera. Anyway, so I went to try to interview somebody else, and at the end of the day, Bill approached me and asked me if he could help me do some interviews. Like, meet me later in the week and get some of his friends to step up to the mic. And I was like, fuck yeah, because frankly, doing these podcasts day in and day out is pretty fucking grueling. I mean, I do it all. I get the interview, I run the sound, I go and edit the mix, I type up some notes, I record voiceover, I mix it all down and throw it up on the net. And I do it all by myself. So like when Bill said, can I help you? I was like, hells yeah. So in the next few episodes, Bill will be the guest interviewer, and I, for the most part, will try to be invisible. I say try because I'm not very good at it. I would stand there, hold the mic, and hear something and have to add my two cents. So anyway, that's the deal. That's how we're going to roll in the next few days. Let's see what Bill can bring to the show. And personally, I think you'll find he's pretty natural at interviewing people. But anyway, let's see how it goes, and maybe I might renew his contract. We'll see. Okay, that's it. Let's roll sound. All right. Actually, let me do sound since I can hear it. Yeah. Okay. There's the honking, the the ambiance that is the picket line at NBC Burbank. Yes. Who are you? My name's Matt Harowitz. I'm a writer. I'm so glad you said that because up until now I wasn't certain how to pronounce your last name, even though I've known you for years. Yeah, Harowitz. Harowitz. H A R A, which is very a peculiar spelling, I guess. It is. It is. But. It does the job. Yes, yes. So, all right. So, tell us a little bit about your career. My career? Uh, yes. Well, I've... Um, what got you in the guild? What got me in the guild? Writing on uh, late night shows, sketch shows, and selling pilots. Okay. So, uh, and actually, when the strike happened, I was I had just been sent to script on a pilot for Fox. So, uh I was supposed to turn that in the week before Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. and uh, then uh, then the strike happened. Then the uh, the studios decided that um, it was better to have no one working than to make a good deal. So here well, we are. <laughs> logic that's uh, difficult to argue with, isn't it? Yeah. Well, uh, you're in the entertainment industry. If you're looking for logic, I I would yes. suggest. Any anything in the three thousand miles between LA and New York? <laughs> <laughs> no, 
Now, have you been through other strikes before, or is no. this no? This is my first. Um, and what is it like for you? I mean, obviously, you're keeping busy. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm. I believe I believe the WGA is correct. I believe we're we're fighting for the right things and we're doing it when and our our process, our approach I think is correct. So say a so bit I more support. about that. I mean what's it just I mean we all know, but what's your understanding of what we are fighting for? Uh, what we're fighting we're fighting for a percentage of uh, what our work brings in, mm-hmm. and I don't think we're asking for anything. I, in fact, I think we're. At, I think we could make a logical case to ask for more, and we're yep. choosing not to. We're asking for just the right amount that we can make a fair, fair deal fairly quickly, and could have avoided the strike. But unfortunately, it seems as though the fair, the fair amount that the studios would settle for is uh, zero. The writers get nothing. Right. Um, but Have you spoken to anybody on the other side of it? I mean, have you gotten any... No, no one. I mean, I, I have friends who are executives. Um, uh, my wife is actually an executive on the film side at, uh, at, a, at a studio. Mm-hmm. And I have yet to hear anybody who who is informed on the issues that does not side with the WGA. Everybody I know, studio, writer, seems to side with the writers because I, I think they understand what we're asking for is fair. I mean, it's <laughs> interesting that even the studios seem to yep. side with the writers and yep. yet some entity is keeping it going. Yeah, no, because I, 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 I don't, obviously, I don't know anybody in the upper, you know, 1% of the studios. I don't know right. the guys who make year-end bonuses that could have ended this thing. Sure. Uh, sure, sure you know, sure. I don't know any of those guys. Um, no. Though I was actually, I had a dream last night, which is weird, that I saw Nick Counter, who's the negotiator, <laughs> I, I saw him at a restaurant. Yeah. And in the dream, I paid the waiter $100 to make sure he never got his dinner. <laughs> like, that he would just keep bringing out the wrong thing, and the guy would just get more angry and angry and angry. And for some reason, it was like the most entertaining. I woke up laughing, <laughs> which is like... I hope to God he's at uh, wherever I'm going to dinner this weekend. <laughs> and, and, of course, the two most important questions are who played the waiter in the dream and was the dream in black and white or color? Uh, I think the dream was in color, and I don't know I don't know who played the waiter. I didn't recognize him. Okay. Um, I mean, there's though, a lot of choices. Yeah. People are available now. Yes, you know, yeah, as long as yeah. Though if it, it wasn't on YouTube, so I know it wasn't an A-list actor. Okay. But <laughs> there, you there you go. So... so um, is this giving you any material by any chance? I mean, is there anything that uh, that you're taking from this that you think, okay, this will there there are characters something. that you meet on the on the lines and yes. and people that you're kind of like, oh god, he's good or that's funny or you're trading war stories. I think what it's doing, which uh, is more important, is creating instead of giving us material, it's almost like creating this community. I think writers. Yeah. By and large, artists maybe not you know including actors and everybody, kind of are like these floating solitary entities in in this city, mm-hmm. and you never really kind of collectively come together and like 
almost in a help group help group type of way. Like someone said to me on the line, which I thought was interesting, prior to the, he's a working writer, and he goes, prior to the strike, I don't think I've ever met a working writer. I, <laughs> all the writers I meet are uh, guys who are just doing something for the meantime and writing, you know, writing is their dream or writing is their hobby. Uh-huh. Writing is, writing is, they call themselves a writer, they, but that's not how they make their living. I was like, that's interesting. Yeah, you do meet Everybody, you know, a lot of people here have jobs and are working and have similar experiences to yourself. Yeah. And you very rarely cross paths with, like, I'm a comedy guy, a late night sketch guy. Most of the people I know are in those same worlds. Mm -hmm. I don't know many sci-fi writers. Right. And now I do, you know. Yeah, yeah. And do you, I mean, in talking to them, do you find that... uh you have more to talk about than you would think. I mean, is it kind of like a universal yeah, process? Yeah, yeah. So everyone, speak, everyone has that same thing that uh, the insecurity that keeps you writing, that kind of panic about things being due, the you know throw your hands up in the air notion of notes, and um, yeah, I think we all have a lot of similar experiences. And I imagine too that you meet people who are on different ends of the uh, you know. How much is this going to tighten my belt spectrum, oh, yeah. too? I yeah. mean, you know, you meet people who really... Well, everyone, I think, is concerned. I mean, everyone definitely sees the financial impact, and we all feel bad about the financial impact it has on other people. But I feel like the logical the, the logical thought process is that this is not our, our doing. Like, mm-hmm. it's easy to blame the writers and say, oh, the, I, I'm losing my job because the guild decided to go on strike or, you know different perspectives this is going on because like it's easy to jump to that conclusion I see because we're out here we're accessible whereas the people who are actually making this uh, a prolonged situation are behind you know giant oak doors with you know suits that could pay your mortgage and those guys you can't get to and say you know what the hell's going on but us you can drive past roll down your window and if not honk in support uh, like you're hearing in the background, you could just um, roll down your window and yell at us, and people do. Sure, uh, they're not the majority. What are some of the things they've yelled at you that you that uh, are that are memorable? Is it well, there's be- there's there's a lot of get not. A, I mean, I should emphasize first that there's not a lot of people who do yell at us, but the people that do, are, it's a mixture of get back to work uh-huh. or you know. Yeah, end this thing. Right. You're uh, lazy. I've gotten lazy asshole. We've gotten a few times. But my favorite, huh. by far, <laughs> yeah. my favorite was the third week of the strike. A guy driving down Alameda, so mm-hmm. very busy street in Burbank. Window down, double birds. So no hands on the wheel. Two <laughs> fingers up oh. in the air. My favorite. Fucking Jews. <gasps> oh. Yeah. Good. No. Which, by the way, so I'm Jewish, which... So I, I expect it. I expect that people... But then there are a number of writers on the line who I think were just offended at being called Jews. I don't even think it was... <laughs> no, I'm kidding. They were offended, you're, you're, wait, you're they, shocked. They were offended because they weren't or yeah, they were offended because they, they weren't? They weren't. They don't want to be lumped in. No one likes... Right, look, right, right, you right. think what you want about writers. I mean, no it's one, one thing to be Jews. a writer, but yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, You guys can joke about that. <laughs> right. I make yeah. other jokes. But, yeah. uh, yes. Yeah. yeah, since you can't see us, we all are... We all have reason, that we all have ethnicities that we could joke about if that were the crux of this. But anyway, obviously you've been following it. I mean, do you feel like it's going forward or do you feel like it's all just I think, stalled I, I, and like, no, there's I think, no end in sight? I think everything what? you're hearing and seeing is posturing. I think it's all PR and spin. Mm-hmm. Um, 
the WGA has been very upfront about what we're asking for and very honest and I believe fair about it. But at the same time, we're still, you know, fighting a PR war and we have to get our message out there. The other side is going to, you know, scramble to win any way they can. I have a lot of family who live in Detroit and they've been through labor union strikes and problems of the sort. (laughs) No, no, no. No, they all have a very similar shape to uh, man or woman. To Michael Moore, not to Roger. Right, Michael Moore. Uh, man or woman. And by the way, uh, you have a very different shape than you did at one point. I mean, I have uh, lost some weight. I, I've known this guy for a little while. No, no, no. He's never been more svelte and beautiful than uh, he is now. Um, drinking, you're drinking. So just so so here's so pretty much my friend who's from my, my family is from Detroit. They made a very good point to me early on, which is something I've held on to, which is in a strike, in any strike, in any labor problem like this, there is no end in sight until it's over. Oh, so wow. it will always seem as though this is a bottomless pit, uh, mm-hmm. an abyss with no end. And then one day there's a rumor that two guys are locked in a room mm-hmm. and 10 to 12 hours later, all of a sudden the strike's over, everyone's back to work. So it turns on a dime mm-hmm. and you can't, there's no way to predict it. There's no, there's, you know, everyone's got their theory. Everyone has picked a point or put money on a certain date in a certain pool. Like, we just got to hang in there. That's good to um, but, I mean, yeah, but now it, that you mention it, I can't think of any strikes from the 1800s that are still going <laughs> right, now that you mention right, it. I mean, right, right. No. So. No. <laughs> they just end on a dime, which I thought is a great way to look at it. It's a, it's a good thing to keep in mind, that whole mm-hmm. notion of... Because I do think, you know, part of the problem with morale here is that you think, oh, what? there is no end to this. They're too big. We cannot quote-unquote win or defeat the uh, studios Mm -hmm. but we're on the right side like we're everything we're writing we're we're fighting for is moral and just sure sure. and so there's one thing comic books have taught me Uh (laughs) (laughs) it's that uh, they win when aliens are involved And if that doesn't work, then you just form a different uh, Earth and have <laughs> yeah, things yeah, go right yep, on that Earth. Yep, yep. Right. Get a new tracer or whatever yes, it's exactly. called. Right, right, right. Um, now, different people have had different answers to this question, but um, do you find that this situation is fueling your creativity? I mean, if you don't have something that you're actually kind of booked to do, is that fueling the process? or? Well, or? I'm kind of a strict... Uh, I'm in strict adherence to the pencils down rule, which is to say, uh, you know, I still have my notebook. I'm a stand-up. I've been probably, if you say, what am I working on now? It would be stand-up, like, because I can focus on that now. But as far as writing and scripts, Mm -hmm. uh, most of that stuff, I haven't done anything more than jot down ideas. Like, I... Do I have things that I want to write, pet project stuff? I do, but at the same time, I don't. I don't know that this is the time. I really feel like our energy should be in walking the line and making a, making our presence known and our unity felt. So basically, if there's any doubt about something you're jotting down, then you just speak it publicly, and then it's okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I translate into a microphone in front of four people at a coffee shop. Right. There you go. There <laughs> Here you go. it is. And probably very appreciative for people at this point. <laughs> well, well, they're all waiting for their turn to get up on stage, mostly, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. That's right. We saw each other. Yeah, yeah, oh, okay. a bad, yeah. A bad uh, oh, comedy night. God. 
yes, that I that I helped to maintain. Uh, Are you still working on it? I'm still working. I want to go down there again. I love that room. I like getting up there. Can you tell our audience what you're talking about? Yeah, we're, oh, we're talking about an open mic that we saw each other at. I don't go to that one anymore, but that's yeah, that's neither here nor there. Um, what do you think was uh, the more influential invention, the internet or the printing press? Oh my god. God, fire? Can I go back? Yes, yes, <laughs> fire the yes. Wheel. I feel okay. that. Fire, the wheel, all that stuff. Uh, right. It's all very influential in very different ways. And um, I don't know. Someone will come up with the theory that Jews are controlling it. So <laughs> that's... Uh, <laughs> that's right. And then they'll drive can... by and yell at them for yeah, doing yes, so. Yes, yes, yes. Right. You know what, guys? Thanks for bringing that up. Um, I've been trying to capture the side of it, um, Diversity Day and yeah. uh, people of color in the industry, and I had no idea what you guys are talking about in terms of um, race and religion. I had no idea that existed still. Really? Yeah. Oh, my God. You know, you know we're in America, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, well, that's not what I meant. I yeah. mean, I'm in Hollywood. It's supposed to be the it most liberal, liberal town in the world. No, any, any look, people, people don't like other people for whatever reason. You put your hand on it, your you know, your finger on it. Some people are going to make it about race and religion. Some people are going to make about it about color, about color, about money, about yeah, yeah gender. Like, yeah, yeah, gender. People are just going to. It's, it's all a mask. I don't know. Let's not get into psychological. Right. And, I, well, and I didn't even know until you just brought it up that writers were also a, a targeted group by certain... Well, right now we are. People <laughs> no. blame us. People blame us for putting this city out of work. And, mm-hmm. you know, we recognize... Which is, uh, well, I mean, you guys are the ones who are out of work. More, yeah, yeah. You know, so... There is, this, there is this misconception. Yeah. And it is a misconception that we're all... That all the writers are rich. That the people who right. started this strike make over $200,000 a year, mm-hmm. knew it was coming, put money away, and are not vulnerable. That's right. not true. No. Most of, most of our union is unemployed. Mm-hmm. And unemployed for a good portion of the year. Yes. Most of the union makes $60,000 a year or less, which sure. is a middle class. Yeah. Especially and, in this town would right, be over. Yeah. People And even if you're paid well at a particular time, it could be forever between being paid exactly, well. Exactly. So So yeah, I think it's you know so people blame us for the and but it was like I was saying before, people blame us uh, because we're I believe accessible. Mm-hmm. We're right here. We're we're at the gate of your local uh, studio. <laughs> right. You know, where some of us are wearing strike t shirts out to the movie some of us have uh, red bracelets on you can pick us out right you're not going to bump into Les Moonves at the Arclight alright well listen Mr. Karowitz yes thank Mr. you very Fox. much any, uh, you. any any parting shots for our podcast audience anything in particular that you as a writer want people to know yeah I would if you guys have any questions or want to uh, read any read anything about the strike that's kind of uh less inflammatory than what you're reading in most trades and newspapers, uh, please go to unitedhollywood.blogspot.com. Great. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. You have been listening to the Writer Strike Chronicles podcast. For more information, visit our blog at wgastrike2007.blogspot.com.